We have friends watching us from church online, YouTube, and um, Facebook as well. But for all of you here in the house, don't let the camera shy you away. I want to hear your hallelujahs. I want to hear your come on. Um, let's take a moment of practice right now. Can I hear a hallelujah? Can I hear an amen? Come on. That's how we're going to do it because the word of God is excited. It's exciting, right? To read the word of God. And today we're starting a brand new talk series talk and it's called Collab. And we're going to be discovering today the beauty of unity together. Who's ready with me? Um, amen. Amen. In Psalms 133, it's a song of David and, it, and it, um, it reads this. Is it up there? Yep. It reads this. How good and pleasant is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It's like as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion for the Lord bestows his blessings, even life forevermore. The psalm is is describing the oil drenching and Aaron's beard as the fullness of God, as the Holy Spirit who acts in the midst of us through, our, through the unity. Amen. And this is what we're trying to do here in Experience Church. We're trying to unite churches together. We're trying to unite the people of God together through the local church in creating community. In today's text, we're going to be reading from Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 17 to 20. And before we open our Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you, feel free to open or your phones. If you don't have it, say, God, have mercy of me. I will bring my Bible next time. Just kidding. Just kidding. We have it. We have it on the screen for you. We, oh, we got you. We got you. And uh, But I want to just paint a picture for you of what was happening before this text. I'm a person that I love to tell stories. So stories for me are very important. And what before we read this, I want to just tell you what, what was happening. So the city of Jerusalem was completely scattered. The people of Jerusalem was completely, completely scattered. You see, the people had already been slaved in Egypt for over 400 years. And then they were held captive by the Babylonians for 70 years. And they completely destroyed the city. There were three attacks that the Babylonians um, came against the, the people in Jerusalem. The first was in the year of 605 the second in the year of 597, and the third in the year of 586. And right here, the year 586, they completely destroyed their city. The people, they were left without a city, without a temple, without its walls. They were completely scattered. And it sounds like so much what we've been living right now, right? It's like one thing after another, one thing after another. And every time the Babylonians attacked the people in Jerusalem, they took people with them. But the Bible talks about three guys that help establish and rebuild that city. It talks about Jerubabel, who helped to rebuild the temple. And it talks about Ezra, who helped teaching the people there. And also, okay, let's go, muffled and unmuffled. And, <laughs> and then it talks about Nehemiah, who helped to rebuild the walls. And that is our guy that we're going to be talking about today. And Nehemiah was a Jew living all the way in the Persia in the city of Susa, serving the king there as a cupbearer, a very prestigious position. 
but he hears about what's happening in his city. And the word of God says that he broke down. He was sad. He prayed and he found favor with the king. And the king that he was serve, serving at the time sent him off to rebuild the walls with letters and also an army. So he had favor. Nehemiah found favor with the Lord. Now that we understood what was happening, what had happened, let's now read the text, what says in Nehemiah 2, verses 17 to 20. And it reads this. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in? How Jerusalem lies ruins with its gates burnt? Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision, being laughed at or mocked, right? And then, and also, and I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good. And also of the words that the king had spoken over me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. But when Sambalot, the Heronite, Tobiah, the Ammonite, servant of Gethsai, the Arabite, the Termite, the Ananite, the Aldenites, all the knights, all the knights heard about it. All the termites heard about it. They jeered us and despised us instead. What is this thing that you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? Then I replied to them, the God of heaven will make us prosper and we, his servants, will arise and build. Amen. Church, bow your heads with me. Let's pray this morning. Father, help us to be attentive to your word. God, we want to leave here with something new. God, remove every distractions out of the way. Open up our minds. Open up our hearts to receive what you're speaking to us. Father, let us be challenged by your work today. Let something new, God, arise within us, God. Speak your word, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, talking about a wall, can I have a brick over there? I brought my son's little bricks with me today. He's not here. I took it without him seeing because he would not let me take it. But um, talking about a wall brings me, hits me very close home, very close. Because one day my husband comes up to me and he says, honey, do you see this big mountain of dirt in our backyard? I'm like, yes, honey, I see that. He goes, I can remove that. And I'm like, you can? Okay, all right, how you're planning to do this? He's like, I'll come with the tractors and the truck and our backyard is gonna double the size and I'm gonna build this here and I'm gonna build this there. And I said, all right, honey, let's go. When you're starting and when you're finishing. As a good three, I'm an Enneagram three, all about you know that overachievement, performing, getting things done. I'm like, when you're gonna be done, he says, as a number seven, just go with the flow. Let's live in the moment. Everything is excited, a brand new day. He's like, two weeks to a month. And I said, all right, let's do this. That was four months ago. <laughs> We're still living in the dirt, <laughs> in the dirt. But then God raised up a Nehemiah in my life. Let me show you his picture. My five-year-old son, you know, he went outside when Bruno was trying to build the wall and establish everything. And he got down and dirty, picked up the buckets, and he's like scraping through the cement and helping us build the wall. And he's like, come on, daddy, we are freitas. We get things done. That's what we say in our house. We say, we're the freitas. We get things done. And that's what he says. But you know, it wasn't until the football season that I began to see um, just progress in the work. That I, that I began to see progress. And I, ooh, hey, we good? 
<laughs> that we begin to see progress. And I was like, what's happening? Why is, is Bruno getting all the things done all of a sudden? And then he's like, oh, I'm inviting some of the guys over. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's why. And he goes, I'm, I'm going to trick them. During halftime, I'm going to make them work. And I said, okay, finally, this is going to get done. You know, we got people with us and the wall is going to go up. And I have a little video with, for you guys. Do we have a video? Of that? Time. You guys ready for this? We gotta, okay, guys, have time. You guys ready for this? We got to do this. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. 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 anything done we we what happened it was our fault though we fed them way too much meat and then they they got super lazy they helped with the cleanup though so my story of my wall it's still a work in progress okay but continuing the text the wall that did get built <laughs> what happened was Nehemiah as I said he was living all the way in Persia he gets to Jerusalem to go build the wall. But you may be thinking, okay, the Babylonians destroy the wall. Nehemiah is going for the rescue. But the walls were down for almost a century. The walls, some scholars say that the walls were down for 94 years. And me, as an Enneagram 3, as I said before, I'm like, people, if you would pick up a brick and build the, the wall day by day, just continue to build, the wall would have been done already. But what happened was... People just got used to the problem. You see, some, some people tried and then the enemy came and stopped them. So they just, they lived with it. The problem became something that they were, you know, used to. And man, doesn't it feel like today's day? That everything feels like it's been taken out. It just feels like no hope. It feels like, man, what is to the future? Like, what is it going to be in the future? And that's what the wall symbolized. It symbolized the protection of that city. But then Nehemiah says in verse 17, as we just read, he says, come, let us build the walls of Jerusalem. Church, work follows will. Unity will take someone with courage to create an invitation. And here's the thing about an invitation. You might invite one time, and guys, there's another barbecue coming again, okay? Then you get, maybe you're going to have to invite again. And Nehemiah, he was just so, he had such a willpower to see that wall being established again that he travels all the way from Persia to Jerusalem. I think we have a map up there. And look, it's pretty far, y'all. He's like over here traveling all the way here. And just a reminder, no cars, probably on a horse or a donkey at the time. And it's, it's, it's over thousands and thousands of miles to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And it's important that we understand, like it's, it would be kind of like us walking from here to New Mexico. 
That's how far Nehemiah went because he was willing to fight for unity because work work follows our will to see the people of God united. And in our, the culture moment that we live in right now, more than ever, it just, it sense, we, we sense like there's a great instability. You know, everything that we thought was secure has been shaken. Our health, our jobs, our relationships, the walls of Jerusalem, that's what it represented, security. Just like as we're leaving right now, it feels like our walls are down. Like we need somebody to rebuild those walls. And Nehemiah seeing all that the walls were destroyed, he decided to do something about it. He decides to rebuild, but not unless he had people alongside with him. Because Unity Church takes all of us. And I love every time I see the Bible and every time I read a scripture, I always like to ask myself, what is the Bible telling me and what the Bible is not telling me? Because it's important that we understand what the Bible is not saying. And as I read the story here, I can see that the Bible is not saying that Nehemiah said, I'm going to go build the walls by myself. I can do this. Like I'm the guy in charge of this. No, it talks about that Nehemiah extends an invitation and then he invites people to come and build the walls with him. And Nehemiah does in 52 days what took people 94 years to start. Isn't it crazy? And that's what we're trying to do here at Experience Church. That's why we see videos like Pastor Benning from Jesus Culture. And last week we saw the video of Kareem uniting the churches together. That's why we have Pray the Bay. That's why we're celebrating our 20 years anniversary. And you know, the great thing about Pray the Bay is we get to come in every single day, 8 a.m. and pray for each other. Hey, if I'm down, I can come because I know that my brothers and sisters are going to pick me up. If I need a prayer, if I have a prayer request, I know that somebody's going to come and pray for me. I'm not alone. And that is what we're trying to create here. And all because unity is worth it. And in verse 18, it, it, it continues here and it says, so they strengthen their hands for the good work. I love how it says in the message translation, it says this. They said, we are with you. Let's get started. They rolled up their sleeves, ready for the good work. Isn't it great? I just love this people decisiveness. You know, how they want to resolute the problem. They could have said, hey, we don't need that wall. We've been without it for over 94 years. Like, we're good. We could have said, hey, we don't need this building. We have the Holy Spirit. Why do we need this building, right? But we want to do far more than get a building, right? Because God has more for us, and now it's the time to enter in. They could have said, hey, Nehemiah, it's too much work. Hey, go ahead, brother. You can do it by yourself, but, you know, I'm out, I'm out of this. You know, I just got my nails done. I, I, don't, I don't want to get my, my hands messy, But no, they said, come on, let's do it. I'm with you. And we are willing right now, church, to pay the price for something that it's truly from God. To come into the city that says that it's the pastor's graveyard. That says, hey, what are you doing here? It's totally different. But we are here to establish the work of God. To establish the work that God has for us. Amen. They could have said, Nehemiah, this is too hard. Why even start? We've tried it before. We've tried it before and the enemies came and they attacked us. Why do it? Why keep doing it? 
But we have got we got to have more faith than that, church, because opposition won't stop us from fulfilling what God has for us. I'm gonna say it again because I think you did not hear it. Opposition will not stop us from doing what God has for us. Unity is always the right choice. You want to know why? The book of Nehemiah describes the fruit of unity as good work. And what I love about the fruit that comes out of unity is that the work of God is reestablishing. Where was insecurity? Now there is security. Where there is loss of direction, now there is direction. When there is like loss of relationship, where there is broken, God's fulfilled. It's, it's whole. It's a whole. Where there is loss of purpose, there is purpose when we're in unity. Church, our world needs people who are willing to fight for unity. Our neighbors need people who are willing to tell them, to remind them that there is a new day, that there is hope. And it's, it's so great because in Nehemiah 3, um, the whole chapter from verses 1 to 24 talks about all the people that helped Nehemiah build the walls. 24 chapters just talking about the people. And it says that the person who, you know, did perfume got to work. It says in verse 12 out of chapter um, 3, it says, Salem, sons of Helisheb, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, repair the next session with the help of the daughters. Where my, my sister's at? Where my lady's at? So, hey, the person who handled perfume built the wall. Daughters built the walls. Ladies built the walls. Everybody who knew nothing about made cement, concrete, bricks, they got down. They got to work because they knew what had to be established through them. And unity will always require courage. You see, when opposition comes, it requires us to stand together because we'll face opposition as we're building anything, right? Remember when Pastor Mark was talking about the foxes, that it only comes where their fruit is? So we are to be ready for that. And in verse 19, when we're talking about the Hermonites, Thermonites, and all the knights that we talked about, listen to what they said. What is this thing that you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? Church, we'll always find opposition when we're fighting for unity because we know the plans of the enemy that is to kill, still, and destroy. But we know the plans of Jesus that is to give life, to unite, to bring purpose, to bring fulfillment. Amen. There is a beautiful quote by Carrie Ten Boone that says this, be united with other Christians. A wall with loose bricks is not good. The bricks must be cemented together. Church unity, it's not about getting the people we like together. Oh, okay, that's easy. Unity is about getting people together. In one of Jesus' prayer in John 17, 20, this beautiful prayer that Jesus prayed, and right now it's still somewhat of an unanswered prayer. He says this, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them be one, maybe one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. Did you hear that? He has given you the glory that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and I have loved them even as you have loved me. 
It's one of my favorite scriptures because Jesus is really laying out his perfect plan. And it's such a strength when we unite in the purpose and when we unite to rebuild and to do what God has established us to do. And in verse 20 here, if I can get the worship to come up, the worship team to come up, it says this, the God of heaven will make us prosper and we, his servants, will arise and build. The beauty of unity is that God always prospers it. God causes us to be victorious through unity and it's by his strength. It's not by power, not by might, but it's by the spirit of God. Amen. And God blesses unity and he's drawn to unity. He's drawn to people who are obedient to his calling and doing it together. The word of God says where there's two or more. What does it say? I am there in the midst of them. It doesn't say where there's nobody or there is one of them. When there's two or more, he's here with us. And that is so much of what God is doing in our church. And God is doing so much. If we look around, it's like, wow, God, we see your hand in every little thing that you've been doing for us as a church. But there is one main thing that God is doing, and it's unity. That's the main idea. And I want to leave you with two questions. How can you invite people to be a part of where God is calling you personally to the good work? And also, how can we invite people to be a part of what God is doing through us as a church?